Hi folks, just a bit of explanation. We were planning to run through the game midweek and uh, the week's news and then roll straight into our review of the season. But we think, realistically, uh, the review of the season is going to be a bit of a task um, and we've decided to split them up, uh, but we only decided that towards the end of this week's episode. So we've got a review of the match against Borough, We've got a bit of coverage of the news, and spoiler alert, Luke, not a big fan of the new shirts, uh, and then next week we'll be back with our season review. To different gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, the Grim Fandango, El Tuba Cabre, the Beast of Benelux, the brave, bulging, buoyant, clairvoyant himself, Doctor Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. How about yourself, Rich? I'm all right. Yes, I'm. Um, you know, we've we have reached the end of the enormously long 2019-2020 season. Uh, like many a Wednesday fan, I'm sure I am pleased to have, have put this particular one to bed. Although, unfortunately, typical of this stupid season, it's n- still not really quite finished because we don't know whether you know they're going to roll out of the bed and still have some weird afterlife in terms of uh, you know what's still to come in the legal side of things. But uh, you know, generally okay. <laughs> generally pleased that we've reached the end of this road or at least have the end in sight but uh yeah how are you i'm not bad do you want to hear my intro for you since this is probably like a signing off of the season oh go on welcome to different gravy not just another sheffield wesley podcast i'm one of your co-hosts dr luke gladol and joining me as ever is a man who yes just like adam atriore he doesn't work out to look like that either it's richard miller <laughs> very good thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's true Triori doesn't lift weights to look like that to look that stacked and neither does Richie Miller no I'll, I'll lay in on a little clue I, I don't let, I don't lift weights at all it just happens it's just uh... <laughs> oh naturel say magnifique um, we should there's a lot to get into I think so maybe we should uh, we should sort of Is motor that... along into to, well <laughs> There's a there's a lot to get into. Whether we want to get into it or not is a different matter. But let's um, you know let's move ourselves along. Breaking hoo-hoos. So we have a we have a restart date for the season, which is, we've got 12th of September as the restart date. So we know when things are going to be coming you know back online. We know how long the break between competitive games is going to be, mm-hmm. um, and. I suppose we also know officially when the the kind of the bell is going to toll in terms of the start of silly season for uh, for transfer rumours and and stories of that ilk, those clickbait headlines you love so much, Luke. Yes, the ones where you know we asked uh, you know Wednesday fans are up in arms about this person, <laughs> including I was wondering as well, Rich. I, I think I might have mentioned this to you whether we might see kind of a move on from that. Maybe it might evolve to we ask uh, six Sheffield Wednesday chatbots who they should sign in the summer, <laughs> and they won't pass the Turing test because they all mention Chris Sedgwick. <laughs> oh, good old cement leg Sedgwick. 
The Yorkshire <laughs> Express himself. The Yorkshire Express. The mind was willing. The body was uh, was not, unfortunately. <laughs> you just uh, you just get him to one of his old timey heritage parks, and then he'll really let rip. <laughs> You just, by the time it takes you to take out his pocket watch, he's gone at least two meters. <laughs> he was, so, was he all right? Was he, was he that bad? I think he had a, he had still had a touch of quality about him. I think his deliveries were still pretty decent, but he's, his, uh, his legs had gone by the time he was with us. He couldn't, turning was really difficult. And uh, Yeah, I know it's really offensive to talk about all this news and juicy, amazing, delicious news we have on our plate. But maybe we just go back in time and just take a look at who was better? Was it Gary Teal or was it Chris Sedgwick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Teal was all right. I remember crafting I, an argument with you that actually he was he was uh, he was a bit more disliked than maybe he should be. But that's such a mild opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I I think marginally yes, probably let down by the cohort of players that he was part of Teal. He still looked like he had a decent amount left in him by and large. He still was quite quick when he got to us. I think sort of yeah, not too much comparison in terms of Cedric and uh, and Teal in terms of you know yeah how how much how much they still had left in the tank. Teal was more that I think it got to a stage where he just stopped bothering, uh, which given the manager and the team he was playing in at the time, maybe was uh, fairly acceptable. <laughs> It it did feel a little bit like we were getting, um, yeah, I've completely forgotten the term for what I referred to, Kieran Lee as, but in terms of, you know, in terms of going and buying a car, in terms of buying, buying the number of cars, you know, we were getting some late mileage Honda Civics and uh, Toyota Corollas. In, in their place and those two didn't we really yeah yeah something like that something along those lines uh so you know all of this very relevant to the, <laughs> the new <laughs> the next season which is coming up i mean we're tantalized by the prospect of more of that good old sheffield wednesday football uh after the after the week we've had, after the months we've had, um, so one of the things to feed into that, you know, that new excitement, we had the kits unveiled. Some some teams played these games in their new kits, but at Wednesday, did they really? We've, um, yeah, I think so. Who, like, um, who were the offending teams? Well, I know that Chelsea were sporting their new sponsor during their uh, this recent. But it, well, again, it's one of the things like player contracts, sponsorship contracts, presumably end when the season ends as well. So when a regular know. mandated God-given season ends. Yeah, and on the fourth day, the Lord said, "said June the thirtieth, so shall the season end." <laughs> And they shall sign for new clubs from July 1st. But, yes. but, some, but some of them get a loyalty payment for if they were not loyal, my lord. <laughs> the, the first death of Julie. <laughs> Everything's, everything this, is made new in my image. This, this is anticipating a later calendar than is adopted during biblical times. <laughs> and for these will be known as biblical times, for it is time yes. of the Bible. <laughs> Don't worry about that whole BC thing. You'll get it later. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my best (laughs) callbacks. So sayeth the Lord. Before Christmas. And that's all, yeah, I mean, we're borrowing from different books there. Leviticus, Numbers. uh, Don't try and find those verses. Me and Luke 
lauded scholars um, in biblical works, we can just dip in, pull from different sources. We like to tell the Bible in a narrative sense and therefore ignore the uh, you know the individual chapters and verses. So don't 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 try and find that as a quote. You'll uh, you'll leave sorely disappointed. <laughs> so so we've got some new shirts. Mm. We've gone for blue and white stripes for the home shirt, which is mm-hmm. controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a kind of black and white Marley sort of thing. It is Blood- a bit, isn't it? Bloody Marley thing for the away kit. We're going to be sponsored by... Do you guys have that? That's, uh, is it called Marley Mood? It's a Bob Marley endorsed uh, tea that chills chills you out. I don't think we do. I don't, I'm not a tea aficionado, so it may well be here, but I, I'm not, not aware of it. It's kind of like a canned iced tea kind of equivalent. You know, because obviously right. like, the, the Marley name has been, you know, given to a whole bunch of, uh, you know, ways and devices to make money, including, you know, a very poor set of headphones and earphones. <laughs> but it feels it feels of that ilk, doesn't it? Weirdly, that's yeah, that's what you were saying, right? I wasn't really meaning. Well, that we're not making the same Marley. reference. Are you making a completely different reference to what I was picking up? Yeah, a mall is <laughs> a mall. It's, like, okay. it's like a combination of two colours. Generally, it's sort of grey. You kind of classic. Um, your classic kind of college or like. Um, Sweatpants, sweatshirt combo. That's probably like a, a light grey mall. Okay. You know, it's kind so of blotchy. It's, it's not about uh, Julian Berner being a um, being a man within uh, uh, Nazi times who you know maybe just had a Bob Marley poster on his wall. Why would it have to be Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> I think the unnecessary detail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only picking out Berner because he's wearing it. <laughs> Deep in the midst of the Third Reich, he likes Bob Marley though. <laughs> and he's a time traveler as well, so he's he's specifically taken the work of Bob Marley and the poster into the past. He's done a good night, sweetheart. That's what he's done. He's bringing peace and love, one one barmaid at a time, to uh, to war torn <laughs> Germany. <laughs> I would tune in. I would absolutely tune in. Did I tell you my theory that Julian Berner, the only reason he's here is because he's actually a massive Only Falls and Horses fan? No, you haven't told <laughs> you, you know the bit where he, uh, he falls falls through the, you know, uh, Delvoy falls through the, the bar? Yeah. Loves it. Can't, can't stop talking about it. Oh, and actually, Tom Lees is so used to doing the impression for him, that's why he falls over all the time on the pitch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, so there you go. We've got some new kits. Uh, so you don't like the away kit, Luke? You've sort of... Um, oh, Werner <laughs> Independent Traders. <laughs> I think it looks all right. It looks a bit training kit-ish, I think. I think it is. I really don't like it. It's interesting. It's different. It's different, but I don't know if we're going back to... Do you think that, you know, because obviously there's a lot of... I, I think about football kits and I think about... I was just thinking when I was looking at the... I, I kind of forget. You know, I think if there's a, a criminal... Um, you know, something happens and then you're asked to, you've seen a crime and yes. you're asked to re- recount it with okay, the, yeah. your witness account and you come back with the criminal witness account and, you know, some elements aren't too, you know, aren't too verifiable and maybe not quite. I can never remember okay. te- if teams actually have proper collars anymore. 
You know, because I'm seeing the button on this. We didn't have a button on the current one, right? Um, but there's no there's no um, pronounced collar for which to, you know, pop your collar a la Usher and Eric Cantona. There's no collar on this one, definitely. No, so this one... But no, but the collars are kind of like... It's just a bit of um, elasticated ribbing, isn't it? Like on the current one. I can't remember, to be honest. It doesn't matter, Radio. I just, it's weird that it's got a, a button, and then it makes me think about, like... During that period in the 90s where, like, the man you had, like, the the string around the collar. I do so remember you the could, string. Like, up like you were, I don't know, like Stanley Was Matthews that not part of their throwback? It was a bit. It's I think that was an anniversary kit because they had the uh, the yellow, the green and gold, didn't they, as their away strip the same season, and that was that was to mark whatever the old club that they used to be called was. So anyway, but I wanted to say I think the away kit kind of reminds me of one of those um, hideous '90s goalkeeping shirts. <laughs> it's a little bit less effort, I must say. Apparently they're both camo, which I hadn't picked up on. That's they've both got camo effect in them. But it's camo effect, what, but not camo. I don't know what they're camouflaged from. Maybe they can do some, I don't know. In the away one, you can maybe do some, like, a, you know, a, you can maybe do some military drills in the bushes or something. I don't know. I mean, that is actually camo, like, looks like it's almost camouflaged, right? Yeah, just looks a bit blotchy. It is a bit blotchy. Do you find it funny, the just the general artwork of these kits, releases? It's it's strange, but then when so this is all in house now, isn't it? Like this is out on Photoshop, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Like Elevate is not a it's like a kind of home base. It's like it's not a company that makes kits for anybody else, is it? No, and they don't make uh, energy drinks for for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so there we go. The kits we've got kits. That's one thing we know about next season. We've got kits and Jordan Rhodes. So we'll be fine. We'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So a sort of strange position to be in, in terms of how our podcast normally falls. We normally sort of go, you know, go go deep on um, the weekend's game Mm. and and give a, a bit more of a kind of cursory look at the at midweek games as they come. But this week is a bit different because the season ended on a Wednesday night, so uh-huh. that the Premier League could have the weekend to themselves, presumably. Um, so the big game that we want to discuss happened midweek. So we'll, we'll sort of talk through that, but then we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to look at the season as a whole and... Uh, maybe look a bit to the future as well but so the the game in, in midweek uh the lineup really by and large kind of what the best team we had available out apart from one <laughs> one Sorry. change would you say i guess so yeah i mean uh, the inclusion of uh shaw was uh, was pretty it's pretty staggering right <clears throat> it was it, it did seem pretty surprising it was very much out of the blue but then um, i also do you also think that <clears throat> I mean, we also have like a dimension of like, so you you said the best team available with the exception of that kind of place. But then it was we're, also, forwards. we're also like not playing. A bunch of, there's a lot of people we're playing who are outside of form, right? Like you're not playing people on the merit of form, really. You're playing the merit of the fact that they're fit, really. And on paper, they're the best player in that position yeah i just thought by and large i mean most place most places in the team we've only got one choice so yeah goalkeeper who knows what's going on there we talked a lot about that last week there's probably still some time to talk about it this week (laughs) um (laughs) but 
you know, it's 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 um, it's a pick 'em, and they're all much of a muchness. You know, you'd go for the old guy that was dropped because of bad form, the young guy that was dropped because of bad form, or the guy that's in such bad form that you're looking at the other two and wondering if they'll do better. Um, mm. So goalkeeper, that's your choices. Joy of joys. Whoever you pick, it's a loser for everybody. Um, <laughs> but I thought Mur- putting Murphy back in at right wing back, that seems to be his best position for us. He's been the best player since the restart. He's maybe been the best player all of 2020. So good to have him back. Good to have him back in the position where he's he's flourished. Um, the defence kind of picks itself uh, when Burner's out injured. It has to be these three, and it was the most sensible arrangement of these three, I think. Um, Harris picks himself at left fullback because Adam Reach apparently doesn't care about Sheffield Wednesday anymore, or football, or life. I don't know what how you know how far the depths of his despair go, but at the moment he's barely worth putting on a football pitch. Um, Bannon picks himself. It's Luongo or Lee, and Luongo's looked knackered, so it's nice that Kieran Lee was back fit and available. Um, Shaw was a surprise choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then up top, you've got, uh, it, well, we went for the two big men. And I think mainly because it worked so well, we absolutely battered Middlesbrough at their place with two big men. So why not try and repeat the trick? I mean, we know Gary Monk, that's what he likes to do. It worked last time. Why change it? Uh, so we had Atty Nuiu and Wickham up front. I, I suppose it's, it is contentious to say it's the best team, but it, I just thought when it was when the team sheet came out, I was like, yeah, I don't really have any quibbles with anybody apart from maybe Shaw. And I, I thought Shaw equipped himself fairly well on his um, first start for the team. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously, like Burner was completely missed out. Was mm. that like a niggle or an injury? I think there was some article saying his his wife. Is the was, reason uh, why? Sorry. Yes, his wife was about to go into uh, labour, so he was back in Germany. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Popping Which, out another little smiler. I don't know. Um, so I guess the interesting <laughs> thing with all of this is because this isn't our <clears throat> this isn't our kind of final kind of assessment of the Wednesday season. It's all, which I think is a bit apt because it's, it's just such a damp kind of game for a damp situation of a damp part of the season. So damp is part of the damp carpet. <laughs> and someone's made it into their toilet. Yes, exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that one, Rich. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess there's a bit of a question about the back three. Like, I mean, I probably would have had... I would probably go with Palmer, Berner, Iorfa for the three. You know, mm. I'd, I probably would have seen Lee's miss out there. Um, so while I've kind of made a lot of notes, but I'll, I'll kind of skirt over them and kind of give like a bit of a... Maybe we can pick out the themes and the summaries of this game. Oh, uh, I don't think we need to skip over things if you want to, you know. No, it it doesn't feel doesn't kind of feel right. But the, one of the the kind of uh, themes I want to pick up on is like individually the defense were actually quite were all right, but collectively they weren't. Did you did you see that? Did you see things that way? I don't. I just. I don't know because I think I just. I think. That, that, that they had a lot of, all of them had a lot of opportunities to influence the game the ball sat with them quite a lot and I don't remember any of them making particularly good use of the ball when they had it at their feet um, it was just it was very poor quality as a game all round but we were heavy heavy contrib- contributors to what, how, why it was so poor um, I don't yeah I don't remember them doing anything particularly good but I, mm. similarly as you say I, outside of the big moments i don't remember them doing 
terrible well, things either. But I just kept waiting on Asombolonga and Fletcher to combine. And Well, interestingly, though, eventually they had, like, um, I'd probably say Palmer had some West kind of starring moments. Actually, maybe the mild irony is actually they were actually, like, Iorfa and Lees are quite good attacking-wise. Lees, who should have had a goal had it not been for Shaw getting in the way. Which one was that? I, I remember his header late on. Was that the same chance, or was it another chance that he missed? Oh, he, he didn't, wasn't able to take up. I did seem to make a note about it. Um, it was just he had, half There time. was the header that he kind of like headed at the floor, and it went bounced over. There's one just for half time where Bannon whipped it up, and Lee's jumped up at the near post, funded it, but then it basically hit, hit Shaw in the centre. Right. But he met it with so much power that I think if it was on target and if there was no one in the way, it was. I would have said it was a goal myself. So there's that. And then, I mean, I also had a point where he also, he, he did some great, great work to salvage and kind of cross one across for Murphy missing as well at one point. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. And I don't think they were all. That was, I offered, sorry, that I offer moment was a, was a highlight really. Yeah. Um, Cause he picked out, a, properly picked out a pass and it was unlucky though. I think it was, it was a hard chance to finish off, but it was, mm. you sort of felt like maybe you should have done better. I'm just sort of looking at possession stats. So Tom Lee's had the ball 6.5% of the possession, which is more than basically anybody apart from Bannon and Wickham. Uh, no, more than Wickham, in fact. So he had the ball more than anybody other than, than Bannon. And I don't remember him picking a pass ever. Well, he gets so I mean, many opportunities on the ball and he gives just, hands possession away over and over and over again i'm i'm just um i'm just sort of fed up with how rubbish he is and it lets us down he um he, he had the yeah he had pretty much the worst pass success rate out of the whole team as well so which maybe you're wondering about the possibility of maybe just being in these situations maybe just hitting it long you know it's what he's doing but there's hitting it long and there's passing from the back and he seems incapable of that and i don't I don't remember him being as bad as he is now at it in the past. He's getting worse at everything. <laughs> the basics are bad. The the extras are bad. I think because we, particularly because we'd had those games that we'd seen him play so well in his pomp, really, uh, when, we were, when we were watching the older games, it's fairly shocking to see the deterioration in such stark contrast next to each other mm-hmm. since, he's, since he's come back. Maybe that middle of the three particularly doesn't suit him, but I just remember so somebody on Twitter sort of said, we're having to play three because none of them are good enough to defend in a two, and that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we did we did create ch- some chances. Like so many games this season, we were probably the better team throughout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had more of the ball. We had more uh, more of the chances. More of the good chances. Um, but I just thought I just was waiting for their two mobile, strong front men to make something happen. And I know that we're allergic to that defensively. <laughs> Um, and, and well, unfortunately, that's where things were, you know, were leading as as a kind of pinnacle to the season. Um, mm. But but we got another Murphy goal. Yes, it's been allowed to stand as his goal. I'm not sure again, like his one last week. I'm not sure that it was definitely definitely going on target, but um, from his original effort. But it went in in the end, and that's kind of the most important thing. The strike is remotely on target, so therefore, when it takes a deflection, it goes in. I think the, ju- the, the, the infamous dubious goals panel don't really care about the championship. 
Probably not, no. They've only got enough time to pick out the dubious goals in the Premier League. <laughs> We've had a scare before that, though, haven't we? McNair hit the post. An absolute post-frobber, as I put in my yes. notes. Yeah, that was lucky. I mean, it was he did strike that really, really well. And yeah, it was just that it didn't hit enough of the inside of the post really was the only difference. Mm-hmm. I thought Harris looked really bright. All Harris game. was very never good. Stopped, never stopped plugging away. I don't know whether that's because he was trying to show Warnock that he is, you know, he's still a good player or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> because presumably they were saying that, oh, he liked, they li- he liked playing for Warnock or Warnock liked him or something like that. But presumably Warnock let him go. He did. Yeah. And that was a big thing. That was a big thing of surprise for a lot of Cardiff fans. Yeah. I mean, also, it's kind of surprising knowing that for any kind of sense of criticism about Warnock as a manager, I mean, the thing I will say is that Warnock is a bit, he's a bit like some of the, some of the things that I think people think about when they think about playing football manager and championship manager, things that think that kind of work and things that you kind of want when you're playing any simulated football, which is basically, I'm going to want a lot of pace. I'm going to want a lot of plays with a lot of pace. Yeah, and he's very big on that. And he, you know, obviously there's a hilarity of the fact that he had something like was it seven strikers at the pigs? Yes. Well, there's during that period where it's you know he had like he had had Hulse and you know those type of characters all all littering the bench or not even in the not even in the the, the squad itself. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it is kind of kind of bizarre that he probably would have let a play like Kadim Harris go. To the point where, you know, I think when we signed him very much near the beginning, it seemed like, you know, we did exceptionally well bit of uh, free business. And yeah. I still think we can conclude that, you know, he was he was excellent first half and obviously had an assist in the, uh, well, the goal. Assist, yeah. Did exceptionally well to kind of win the ball and keep that going and keep that live and keep it cycled. And yeah, fed lots it up, of battle and hustle in that mm-hmm. That was probably the real strong point of the Wednesday game. Was definitely those, you know, Murphy and Harris were really the stars of the show for us. I felt, I feel like generally when we've played against, and we've played several teams that have played three-five-two. Those two as as our wing back option have kind of had the run of it, run of it. I, I, mm-hmm. I guess because they're because they because they've got the pace more than anything. But the other they, their sort of counterparts on the on the other team have had to had to sort of just mind their p's and q's and sit back and not have much of an influence on the game. So it's a testament to how good they both are in those positions. I, I think that's been a real, a very very pleasant surprise of the of the uh, the restart is how how well both of those players have taken to those positions. Obviously, one of them's not our own player. Um, we've talked about how we'd we'd very much like to have Murphy back. Whether that's a possibility or not, I don't I don't know. Um, but they've they've been they've been a revelation because when that first <laughs> team sheet was announced as three five two, you just think what those two are going to defend. <laughs> exactly. Particularly yeah. Murphy, to be honest, because he's mm. had a bit of a habit to sort of half-heartedly get involved defensively in things. You know, he sort of sort of tracks his man back in that he, he has a look at his man as he walks past him. Yeah, yeah. The one um, with the one with the industry is Harris, right? Yeah, but they've both really been very good at the defensive side of things when they've when they've needed to be, and they've been the only threat really going forward most of the time. So. It, 
I think that is a real big tick in the in the box of three five two and and if we can manage to get that original three to play together more often than not, then it it, it looked an okay solution defensively when it was Burner, Iorfa, and Palmer. It does does not seem to work with Tom Lee's in the middle of it because mm. um, I think we've lost almost every game that right, he's played. Yeah. There. Mind Which you, maybe kind of reminds me, and well, yeah, we've lost a lot, right? I <clears throat> one of his few kind of appearances seems to, you know, be in the season from him kind of coming back from being in the wilderness and you know being disliked and being you know put aside from the starting eleven and the sixteen. Um, it re- reminded me of the Boxing Day game against Stoke, a game in which he scored, but then you know helped us concede three goals. Yeah. To be fair, sorry, I've just double-checked. Um, so Tom Lees did play in the QPR game, to be fair. So I'd, I should take that back. Um, having only having well, only won two of the games. Sure. The restart, yeah, there was that game. And a game which a lot of people, you know, even Wednesday fans on Twitter, being like, dare I say Lees has looked any good mm. in that game? And he, he did. He, he was quite good in that game. He was. But it's all very, very slim kind of minor positives. Speaking of slim and minor positives... Uh, <laughs> Shaw, Shaw looked quite good. I think it was quite. Yeah, you know, wasn't too bad a, a debut performance from him. Definitely, I think in the middle of the park, probably the best player for the vast majority of it. To say, yeah, I, I think the we were continuing thread, thread of Bannon being looking a bit tired. Um, yeah, continued into this game, and that meant that Shaw stood out. He didn't. I, I did sort of note we we were sort of just talking a little bit during the game, which we don't do that often. Um, but uh, I did note that he he's not. A, like a Bannon or Kieran Lee type who thrives when it's kind of given to him under loads of pressure because he did get his pocket picked a couple of times but that shouldn't take away from all the positives because he did really get stuck in mm. um he played some nice passes he looked pretty comfortable on the ball generally when he when he had the time and space for it and another positive really from a youngster uh, and I was a bit surprised when he was taken off so so quickly. Yeah, I, I wondered if that was more going to be the substitution purely for the fact that you've got a player in Luongo who probably should have started, but he's been he hasn't been the best as of late, kind of leading into this game, right? Yeah. Um, and also, the, you know, I, I agree with you. Though I was surprised because I mean, I think I think if Lee and Baz were performing much better, then I think it's still I think it's a substitution you want to make. It's just damning because actually Shaw was the best of the three. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think particularly Kieran Lee had had disappeared from the game. Yeah, he had his usual kind of bright start, but he doesn't look like he's got much more than half an hour in him of like really being on it. I know he's there and he's around, um, but he doesn't seem to get involved in the game too much after a certain point at the moment. Um, and whether that that's probably, you know, it's probably understandable given that he's not played that much football and he's... Um, and then, I you mean, know, you've also... At this stage. We've also highlighted the fact that, you, you know, the, as you've noted, how tired Bannon is at the end of the season. I mean, he did do some good stuff, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of blame has to be put in that, that pass, which basically gave away the goal. I'm going to say. Yeah. And before that, there was a really nice break where I can't remember which striker it was had kind of got free of a man in the box. Kieran Lee was 
inside of the fullback and there was also a shot on for Bannon and out of the three very very good options that could have resulted in a goal he passed straight to the nearest centre back and I just thought that it just felt so indicative of the way we've been playing recently but also it just shows I think that his he's just a little step off it mentally at the moment because it's just the sort it's the sort of situation he loves he he would normally love threading a little ball through to Kieran Lee in that position you know that kind of inside pass mm. would have been perfect because it you know then gives Lee the chance to shoot or cross uh pretty much freely because no defenders were going to want to touch him but it was yeah it was disappointing that he kind of didn't really pick an option and ended up handing away possession but it got worse when for their goal he sort of blindly flicked it about 20 yards behind him into the middle of the pitch. I don't know what was going through his mind. <laughs> it's not the sort of thing you see many professional footballers do. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, but we went from being fairly comfortable in an offensive shape to having, I think, pretty much the same number of Borough players in our boxes, in our half as we had Wednesday players, and and they had possession in, in a good area and... Um, well, they made hay, really. They 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 took the goal very well. I think there were opportunities for defenders to maybe have an influence in it, but Kieran Lee couldn't catch. Um, I think it was Fletcher who provided the the cross. Uh, he was oh no, it wasn't Fletcher. Sorry, um, McNair. Tavernier apparently. Really, McNair scored, but Tavernier right. was the player that broke away from Kieran Lee and got the cross in. All right. <clears throat> or Tavernier. Tavernier. Is he related to? Yes. Right, formerly, former, formerly a Wednesday player. Mm-hmm. He's now the king of Ibrox. <laughs> king of Ibrox. He's Rangers captain. I, I miss the uh, I miss the ceremony for that one. <laughs> I do just find it odd that he's such an important player for them. It is interesting. He was never a bad <laughs> player, but I mean, someone who you'd probably think would probably maybe have a steady kind of second, third tier career, you know? Which may be. But I don't. I really don't know how good. The SPL is at the moment, to be honest. No, <clears throat> but it's another. I, I just don't know how many how many goals do we concede where our whole defence is in the six yard box and they've got the they can play a pass to anybody that's outside of that group of players. It just seems it just felt like well, to, to to borrow another cliche that we've 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 used so many times. It was Groundhog Day again. You can't have everybody run away to the goal and stand on the goal line. It's not that's not good defending. You've got to kind of spread out and pick up men. You've got to have some modicum of organisation. Mm-hmm. You can't all just sprint back to the goal as quickly as possible. Some people need to do that. That's you know that's a basic part of defending. But if you all do it, then they're left with too many options to to score. But basically, we, to cover the run of Fletcher, we let McNair have his choice of of uh, places to stand in the box and time to pick out his shot and he took it very well didn't hit the post this time he he, he slotted it home um and as you say we'd been the better team it was pretty frustrating we'd kind of handed away possession under no real pressure and suddenly we're now drawing a game that we should we should have been winning comfortably mm-hmm. um and Boris spent most of the second half just sat watching us and we looked all right till we got to their final third mm-hmm and didn't produce anything of any note or quality. No, no, it was, it was, uh, I was going to say it was a pretty bad day all round for all the strikers who were on the pitch. You know, I I feel like maybe you, you and me might disagree about this. I <laughs> felt you could probably see in the first half a bit more quality from Wickham, but 
uh, Wickham did fade off pretty heavily in that second half. I don't think either of them, Wickham or New You, had much influence in the game. No. But, but then, it, not to sound like a broken record, neither of those guys are particularly mobile. So no. if you're going no. to get the ball, if you're going to thring, fling the ball forward, it's got to be near them to give them half a chance. They're not Stephen Fletcher. They're not going to go and bound across a third of the pitch and pick up the ball still. They need it to their chest, to their heads. Ideally, I mean, if you can pick out a pass to their feet, woof, can you imagine? Um, <laughs> like, they, they need proper, they don't need it down the channels. They're not going to run the channels. They don't need it mile, the other half of the pitch from where they're stood. They need it to them. And they will win their headers if they get the chance. They will make space and make opportunities for other players in our attack if they're given that chance. But they just weren't they weren't given the chance too often. Mm. Um, and we've seen the fullbacks or the or the wingbacks passing to each other a lot in the last couple of games. It's been a bit of a feature, and it's been quite a good thing generally. Partly because Murphy's looking our most dangerous player all the time. But that again means we're not getting it into the box early. We're not giving the big strikers the chance to go win their headers from crosses. We're running across the front of their defence and passing it to another wide player who runs across the front of their defence. Neither of those things. Why have you got? Why have you got two six foot plus guys on the pitch to not not play to them in any way? It doesn't make sense. We would have been much better having Windass or De Cruz on if we were go. If we were, if we set out to play the way we played, why not have a quicker guy there? Windass would have made a huge difference to either Wickham or Nuiu. They mm. both big men would have had a better game with Windass breaking, making spaces. I think probably both the wingbacks would have had a better game as well. More chances to put the ball in, more spaces to work in. But having two big mobile front men missing them and then not crossing to them, it just belies belief, really. I mean, you say it belies belief, but unfortunately we can believe it because we see a lot of it, right? Yeah. We see a lot of mediocre football. Oh, yeah. We've done a whole podcast where the whole season's been, the majority of the season's been pretty mediocre. This this accursed season. Mm. Uh, So I can't remember how early on in the second half I texted you, Luke, to just say, we're going to lose this. It's going to be an error. Was it 65 minutes, something like that? I think it was something like that. I I thought you were being... I was trying to be the eternal optimist. I genuinely didn't see the thing coming. Not that I, it really surprised me when we conceded the second goal at the death of the game. But I don't know. I still felt that we... I mean, but obviously from the play, we did look like the team who looked like was going to do something in the game. Uh, we... <laughs> We had all the possession. I don't, I don't remember us having many chances. I, I just yeah. I just thought we looked completely tame and toothless. There was they weren't worried about us. They could have played another hour and we still wouldn't have got near them. Mm. We looked so out of ideas and and we were committing more and more people forward and so rich. Question I want to put to you is as uh, as another theme from this game, which kind of sums up the season as well, is the very distinct lack of conviction in Wednesday's play. Mm. Um, so distinctly naive and powder puff. Um, <laughs> do you think the uh, the do you think the players after the game should have done a BuzzFeed quiz to find out which which powder puff girl they were? I think they should have. I hope they were. 
doing that on the. Uh, do you think? Uh, do you think Tom Lee's is more of a blossom or a bubbles man? I don't know which one that is, but <laughs> I think he could fully embody the role of any of the 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 Powerpuff or Powderpuff Girls. I think he um, it's a role he's been born to play. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, you but, could say you could say he's been method acting as them for quite a while. Let's be honest. <laughs> but basically, you know, Taylor's oldest time. <laughs> I also goes to sleep. Their one pl- change they made was bringing Wing in, and so he's the guy with fresh legs and their team. Uh, a defender, can you believe this, Luke? Looks up and sees a pass and plays a pass. Doesn't just pass it to Tom Lee's as Tom Lee's would do in that situation. Which, and I, I, I spoke to Tom after the game. He thought was cheating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just played down the wing. Tom Lee's and Iorfa end up closing down the man with the ball again, ball chasing as we always seem to do, uh, leaving nobody in the middle. Bannon hairs back to try and do something about it. Massively overcommits, which lets um, which lets the Sombolonga take a big luxurious turn in the box, hit a pretty tame mid-height effort that Joe Wildsmith threw into his own goal. Joy of joys. What a season. What a what a feeling. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. What do you say? I just... What do you say? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing I want to kind of look back in terms of any sense of kind of review of the season, this latter end, this, uh, this hazy, hazy time of... <laughs> being in this post-lockdown kind of football. Hazy because we're all as high as Gary Monk off the fumes from scraping the barrel from the squad. <laughs> um, I, I said going into this, look, the test is basically, if we hadn't played football, we'd have something like 58.7 points or something. Oh, Found yeah, that yeah, up to yeah. 59, so we ended up with 56. So if we would have won that game, it would have been about what we'd expected, right. but we hadn't. So it's actually below average and actually is worse than just kind of going with the average. Um, so it's, yeah, below average is the is the term. <laughs> Did you, um, actually coming into this, Rich, I don't think there's anything else to really talk about with the game. Basically, I think we've kind of summed up most of it. I thought everybody was kind of all right. Yeah, you know, again, anonymous criminals from, you know, last episode is probably another theme. You know, the wingbacks were good. Shaw was all right. Um, everyone else in midfield, including Luongo. Luongo was very disappointing, I must say, when he came on. He's, he's been yeah, I... not entirely sure what's going on there, but he's he's not looked. I don't know if it's a lack of sharpness. I don't know if it's just playing in this environment. He's looking very deflated. He He's always, even his first sort of games for us, although he, I think he arrived injured, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's had a very injured He's had a very injured season to the but point he, that he's even said that it's just been a, a monumentally disappointing season for him. Yeah. Mind you, he wouldn't be the first to follow that up with another disappointing injury hit season at Sheffield Wednesday because apparently that's what happens when we sign promising midfielders from the championship. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but... He so since the start he has really only looked like he's got about an hour of work in him mm-hmm. and then he gets tired and I think the fact we've had these games back to back to back to back he just doesn't look like he's got anything in the tank at all. Sure. He, he mustered up some enthusiasm for the QPR game because it was you know a thumb in the eye of the team that let him go kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever the motivation is, I, I always like it when a player 
turns it on against an old team, that's fine. Um, it's frustrating when it's so such a marked difference from their other performances that you sort of think, can you can you just pretend they're QPR? Um, <laughs> But we've had so many players that went the opposite way. I mean, Gary Medine was like almost guaranteed to get sent off any time he played against Carlisle. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, for a guy that has looked so useful at points in this season, has looked so influential, and has had a has left a hole. You know, his absence has he's grown in his absence into you know a, a very important looking player for us. To have the period of time in the season when we've actually had him for more games than we haven't, and he's absolutely checked out, whether that's physically, mentally or both, it's pretty disappointing to get a chance to actually see him in a run of games and have him flop so convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and flop, as you say, whether it's coming on at half time, whether it's starting the game, it doesn't seem to matter. It's all too much for him at the moment. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's a real shame. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see the the Luongo that played earlier in the season, the Luongo that was pretty much an ever present for years and years at QPR next season. Because when he's on it, he looks such a useful and you know multifaceted player. But uh, clearly, he can well and truly not be on it and still be on the pitch. <laughs> so I I think we'll what we'll do is we'll have a another episode next week where we'll pick up on any any breaking news. Hopefully we've got some more insight into what's happening with this blooming EFL charge and who's getting points deductions, who's not. One uh, thing I'd like to say, Rich, is that really the thing that we can really say is uh it's all to play for in the courtroom. Oh. Uh, I'm sure that there are some groundskeepers aerating patches of the courtrooms as we speak, you know, giving a little, getting their fork out and giving a little, uh, getting a little poke, making you know, sure can... it's not too slippy for Nick DeMarco, the Lionel Messi of uh, sports lawyers to slip over in the corner. That would be a disaster. I keep thinking of this story. I listened to a podcast where they reviewed Gary Monk's autobiography and one of their favorite stories from his autobiography was he was... Um, he was up before a disciplinary panel and I think they were meeting for like, it was taking a long time. It was getting into like a second or third day. And he twigged that he was paying for the refreshments at this disciplinary panel and it got quite irate at the fact that he was paying for these massive pile of sandwiches that they were the committee were working their way through and just went in and started like shoving loads of them in his face and and threw loads of them in the bin. They're my sandwiches. I'm paying for. Them. I'm just wondering at what stage are we going to send Gary down to uh, <laughs> to, do, to speed along proceedings with the EFL? Those sandwich munching bastards. <laughs> oh dear, but. <laughs> You know, there's got to be at some point we need to know, don't we? I, I think October, um, not October, August fourth is the official. Um, that's when the meeting is where they kind of officially kind of end the season and um, clubs get moved around and things like that. So if we don't have a decision by then, it can't be applied to this season, I believe. And we're not far off that date. So I don't want to be too hopeful, but it feels like probably it won't it won't affect this year for us at the very least. Um, so hopefully we'll know we'll know a bit more. Um, 
But in terms of so yes, yeah, so we'll look we'll look we'll look at a review of the the season and we'll we'll leave things here for now. Does that feel all right, Luke? That feels beautiful. Does the does the end of this episode feel a bit more satisfying than the end of the season felt? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't yes, have been yes, hard. It does. No, but um, let's be honest. Yeah, but uh, look after yourself, folks, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. See everybody. <laughs> Thank you.